Welcome to another episode of Found City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Armando, a.k.a. Hot Take Mondo, and I'm joined by my friend Reese, a.k.a. the Reese Incarnate Bach Lesnar, a.k.a. Referees, and today we're going to talk about the thrilling Thursday Thursday night matchup of the Kansas City Chiefs and the Broncos. Um, a lot to get to with this game. Uh, an- another just strange game. Reese, I guess that's just like... If I had a bingo card for the Chiefs 2023 season, I I would have weird game all over the bingo card. Dude, all over the bingo card. I'm just kidding. But the Bengals hey, played a weird game this week, who too. Day. Yeah. Who day? Day not good right now, that's for sure. <laughs> they not good. They have a bad stadium. Uh, what's up, Reese? What's going on, man? Well, I'm just going to preface this. Why do you have the hiccups? Why do you? Yeah, what, what's going on? <laughs> I was going to freaking say, it's like, hey, guys, I have the hiccups. No, this is a real thing. I didn't know until I talked to my doctor. Time, time to scare Reese. Everyone, Patreon, $1,000 so we can send him tarantulas. So I have, it's technically a medical condition. I can't remember what it's called. But there is a specific, what? there's a specific nerve in your like esophageal tract. And you can trigger it multiple different ways. You can trigger it through acid reflux. You can trigger it through allergies. And you actually trigger it through laughing too when you get like your, your breathing off. Unfortunately, I was a trifecta of that. So I was laughing with Armando. It's really bad allergy season in Kansas City right now. And I had acid reflux pretty bad this last week. So when all those things hit and they trigger that nerve, it causes hiccups. And I thought it was a bunch of crap. So I looked it up and it's actually true. I can't remember what the nerve is, but it's legit. So if you hear me hiccuping throughout this podcast and talking really weird is because I'm trying to contain my hiccups. (laughs) Wait, how did how did you even find out that this was a chronic problem for you? Because like I, I looked it up. Like I, for me, it used to be if I just laughed like a whole bunch, I'd get the hiccups. Like that was the end game of laughing. What? But it's because my allergies are so bad. Like a lot of time I'm clearing my throat and coughing. Add that to the list. Coughing is another thing that like once you have the hiccups, it like re-triggers your hiccups. So you're gonna hear me clear my throat a lot tonight, like this. <clears throat> And I'm going to hiccup right after clearing my throat. So it's not fun to have. Being a singer, this was my worst nightmare that something would happen and trigger my hiccups before I have to go on stage. Because have you ever... And it never happened. Praise the Lord, it never happened. So... Wow. Yep. Hiccup Central. I'm gonna try and uh, I'm gonna try and contain this. Put the cover two shell on it. I haven't I haven't had the hiccups in a really long time. Also, I've known you for like what seven years now. I've never known you to have hiccups or to have a chronic problem of hiccups. How strange. Yep. Just like the strange Chiefs game. Sorry, trying not to hiccup. It's hard. <laughs> So Reese, Reese's Reese's default whenever he starts hiccuping has to be ASMR Reese. Hey guys, I have the hiccups. My oopsies, <laughs> oopsies. My my uvula is very sensitive right now. <laughs> I think I think only singers will get that. If we're not a singer, they're gonna be like, "What did he just say? What did what is ticklish?" Um, and now we've got an influx of Patreon donors after Reese just said some questionable things in ASMR Reese language. Reese, if they love what you're doing here, which is uh, very strange, but hey, if we get a lot of donations, where can they donate on Patreon and possibly um, on social media? If, if you can, if not, I, I, I can take this one so you can rest. I got this. If you like what you hear, 
and you want access to miniseries like Speedy and Angry, Season Zero, and Reese Hiccups, the ABCs, check us out at patreon.com backslash FCSM, where you can get access to all of those wonderful outtakes, bonus episodes, exclusive beer reviews, for just the price of one cup of coffee a month. One cup of uh, gas station coffee, though, because Starbucks getting getting expensive in case you haven't seen recently. I have a question about Starbucks, but fin- finish your blurb, and then I got a Starbucks question. All right. Instagram. You can find us at Fountain City S. <gasps> Damn it. Fountain City SM. <laughs> oh, man. This is going to be a mess tonight. Where we update you on what's going on in the podcast, the Chiefs world, and memes, and Grundler's numbers, and all these wonderful things. Sorry, I have to be very selective with my words tonight, because like any inhale is just like a potential <laughs> trigger for my hiccups. So... Armando, talk to us about Starbucks coffee. What's your question? Honestly, I would be happy just to take over this podcast. Like, you know me, Reese. I can talk for like three hours straight about just nonsense and stupid crap. So I'm I'm happy to just take this over. Speaking about stupid crap, Reese, I have a question. I was at Starbucks the other day and... um, Someone had asked what my name was, and I said Armando, and it was very clear R of Armando. And then I look at my Starbucks cup, and it says Rondo. Reese, why is Starbucks notorious for getting names wrong? Is this an inside joke that you all have been playing on us, or does your manager tell you to do it for the sake of efficiency? What's going on? So, you know, it's a bit of a catch-22 here in that you can't tell the truth unless you hooked up to a lie detector test because back when I, but you don't work for them anymore they, they they did you dirty reese it's time to tell the truth okay, so this, this is what i'm getting at back when i was working was when like the initial instagram trend hit of like they got my my name so wrong on the starbucks cup so at that time it was pretty popular to have the wrong name of the starbucks cup so Some baristas straight up just misspelled names. Other baristas knew about the misspellings and purposefully played into that as an excuse to get back at the customer. So, you know, it's hard to say at this point. You know, Gen Z is pretty funny. They're pretty squirrely. Maybe they want to, you know, screw your name up and just be like Rondo. They got my name wrong at Starbucks a few times. Like, I've said Reese and they put down like Maurice, you know? So I'm just, I'm like... (laughs) You de- you definitely are a, Mo- uh, a, a, a Maurice, dude. Maurice Talbot. Maurice Talbot, dude. That's my that's my that's my hip hop name, dude. Maurice, more problems. Let's go. <laughs> but but like your your uh, your uh, managers don't sit with your you know constituents and are like, hey, you know, let's start messing around, or hey, corporate's telling us to play into this thing, kind of like the grimace shake thing. Um, this is this is just based on employees that want to screw around. They screw around. They do, and they tried to curb this initially because when I initially when I started, I learned the cut mod sorry cut modifications on the cup system where you know you wrote down, you check the boxes, you know extra this, sub that, write the name mm-hmm. on the cup. When I worked it, they then transitioned into the printed tags that you see on your Starbucks thing now. So people couldn't, you know, write the wrong names on cups and all that jazz. However, you can also just type the wrong name into the Starbucks thing unless they have the app in which their name is already preloaded. So you scan the card. Their name is going to be correct on the sticker no matter what. So, So if you're just a plebeian like us and you have to, like, tell them your name, they can still screw it up if they want to. 
I actually do have the app. I just don't use it. Well, I mean, there's your answer. Then use the app and collect. Did you know? Did you know? Starbucks is actually the largest holder of credit transactions in the world at any given time. No way. Technically, I sorry. I no one even goes to Starbucks in New York. No, but here, here's the thing, though, is that. That, that app they use, I can't remember the specifics on this, but those are all technically credit transactions for them until they cash them out. So like at any given time, I'm making these numbers up, like Bank of America has, you know, like 1.3 billion in credit transactions, you know, Chase has, you know, half a billion in credit transactions and Starbucks has like 15 billion in credit transactions sitting at any given time. Wow. Yep. All through the use of the Starbucks, app. man. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. It's nuts. All because of Kenny G's uncle, huh? Can't wait. Kenny G's uncle. Charles Schultz you is Kenny heard G's story? uncle? All right. Okay. I have to tell the story and then we're going to talk about the Chiefs. Let's do it. You be, okay. Wait. I'm almost positive. That we'll, we'll make sure this is true. We'll have, we'll have Grundler's numbers. Fact check this. But Kenny G was um, starting up, right? You know, he's going to be the greatest, whatever he plays, saxophone, whatever the, Soprano whatever the hell he sax. Does. Yeah, what, you know, soprano sax. And his uncle goes, um, you know, what, or he like just starts and um, his uncle goes, hey, uh, if, if you give me an advance of such and such money, I'll give you a stake in my company that I'm building right now. And Kenny G goes, all right, cool. Well, his uncle ends up being, you know, like the guy that you said, and he is the CEO of Starbucks. So Kenny G actually holds a certain amount of ownership. And that's also why we see a lot of Kenny G out, or we used to whenever there was CDs, ton of Kenny G albums in Starbucks. That makes so much sense. Like way too much Kenny sense. G. Other, th- sorry. Other than that, I wouldn't have thought that like Howard Schultz was that much older than Kenny G, if at all. Because Kenny G's in like his sixties or seventies, isn't he? I don't know. So maybe, yeah, maybe cousins then. But yeah, Kenny G. I'm looking on on here. Yep, he he was an original investor in Starbucks. Wow. There's also a ton of articles where Kenny G is the one that invented the Starbucks Frappuccino. Kenny G invented the frap. That's what I'm seeing. I literally, uh, People's Magazine, um, StarbucksStories.com. Wow. Time Magazine. Kenny G talks Starbucks Frappuccino. Dude, shucks from the bucks. Let's go. No, it's it's, it's super funny. So the the new owner of Starbucks, the CEO or whatever, recently came out and is trying ta- trying to get like drive through times and transaction times down because they've been going up and up and up. And any barista that's worked on the floor for more than two shifts will tell you the reason is because you can modify literally anything. And someone actually put a chart together and there's something like there's something like 15,000 different drink combinations you can technically make through Starbucks. And people will do that, dude. They'll modify every single thing about it. It's like, that's why these drinks take so long. And they have like noses like truffle pigs, dude. Because if you get one of those steps wrong, if you put six pumps of caramel syrup in instead of seven, they'll know and they'll make you redo it. And it's just like, you're setting yourself back. So the new owner said in this article, he's like, how difficult or like how long does it take to make a simple cup of coffee? And every barista in the country was about to like, I mean, tar and feather the dude for that. Because it's like, you you think this is a simple cup of coffee you're putting through through the drive-thru window? It's like, are you kidding me? These things are like... 15 modifiers deep. This isn't just pouring coffee out of a machine. Are you kidding me? 
Ugh, see, I'm so I'm so inflamed. I'm hiccuping right now. Who thought you were oh, going to turn this Hot podcast and get hiccups in Starbucks today? <laughs> well, well, I thought that that you weren't going to talk very much. And not only are we not talking about football, but now Reese, you're just going on a tirade on Starbucks. Oh my goodness, what a podcast! And let's just let's just keep the fire going, Reese, because we had a, a another barn burner, another nail biter uh, with the Denver Broncos. We win nineteen to eight on a Thursday night. Uh, this is how many games for us? Sixteen games, Reese. This is our streak. Sixteen games, baby. The same as a Grande Coffee at Starbucks. <laughs> and it actually takes 16 minutes to make a black uh, Pikes Peak. Ain't far off. Grande coffee. Ain't far off. <laughs> Reese, what what is going on? Again, I, I, I hate that we have to start all these all these podcasts with something negative. Um, so I guess let's just establish uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have the best record in the AFC. Um, I know they are in a tie with the Miami Dolphins, but they do get the tiebreaker. So, yes, the Chiefs are doing extremely well. They have the longest win streak in the NFL right now with five games straight. Um, and other than the offense, everything seems to be going well. But Reese, what what is going wrong? Or if you don't want to talk about the uh, the offense right away, we can go to the defense. What stood out to you on this Thursday night? Well, what's so funny is after that first half, I was feeling really good because we were like moving the ball on them at ease. It was just mm. once we got into the red zone, suddenly it's like our brain shut off. And, you know, we went for that stupid fake field goal tush push when it's like, okay, hear me out. Why don't we just do the tush push instead of the fake field goal version of it? Or, you know, we had that that turnover on downs with that Kadarius Tony play, wasn't it, or something like that? And it's like, okay, why don't we just keep stacking field goals on these guys? Because before you know it, it's going to be 24-0 just on field goals. But, dude, thankfully at one point, Mina Kimes, I think, tweeted out and was just like, there's someone on the lines of LOL, the Chiefs 100% are not taking this game seriously. And I'm like, you know what? I think you're right. It's like, I think Andy's just kind of having like a spaghetti against the wall game, being like, you know, okay, well, what can we draw up here? Uh, okay, so we're going to have James Winchester call an end around, and it's going to be a pass over to uh, Trey Smith, who's going to report as eligible. It, it was a frustrating, but. The game never felt like it was in danger, really. I don't know. Reese, this is this was going to or or this was headlined as Patrick Mahomes has never faced the worst defense in the NFL in his entire life. You know, Patrick Mahomes is facing a Denver Broncos, you know, worse than we've ever seen before. No, no Vic Fangio. We have um, we, we have their their DC coming in from the Arizona Cardinals, Vance Joseph. That's just not doing well at all. This was supposed to be 31 to 6. This was supposed to be 31 to 0, Reese. And we go out there and we give this type of showing. I I hope Andy Reid this week comes out and says, I was letting the guys clown. We were clowning out there. Because, Reese, if this was the actual playbook, if this is something that Andy's been dialing up since the offseason to do these fake plays with Kadarius Tony, to put a tush push with, with Tommy Townsend involved oh, in the tush push. So stupid. Unacceptable, Reese. This whole thing was unacceptable. The only theory that I can make that would 
make this acceptable, and I, I stole this from Twitter, um, is that Andy told his guys, you know what, this week, this one's on you. I want you guys to call the plays. I know I know. in, in training camp you all want to try your plays. Great, let's try them. Let's do all of these things. Just to prove a message to them that Andy Reid is the guy. He's the one that makes the plays. He's the one that calls the shots. So I hope this was like a father teaching his son a lesson. Because if it wasn't, we're in big trouble, Reese. We just played the worst defense in the NFL and one of the worst defenses in NFL history. And we only scored 19 points. And one of which was a touchdown. The rest of it were field goals. So two things. Embarrassing. Two things. Two things. I think the statistic of the Broncos defense being one of the worst of all time is completely skewed out of whack because of that game. The 70 to 10. Yeah. Like, honest to goodness, I think the Chiefs defense in 2018 was every bit as bad as this Broncos defense (laughs) was last night. Uh, Okay, but no, but in, in reality, I want one of these things to be real. So we all know the story of what Sean Payton said about Nathaniel Hackett saying, you know, you know, last year's coaching job was the worst of all time. So I would love for Andy to come to the podium and be like, I need to do a better job of calling plays. You know, that was probably the worst, worst coaching job of all time. So what does that make Sean Payton since he lost to it? (laughs) And then everyone comes out of the locker room. That's option one. The more realistic option two that I think has some legs to it is we keep seeing these commercials about how Amazon uses or what is the NFL uses artificial intelligence to make the schedule and you know million schedules in 15 seconds now when it used to take months well it's kind of showing because we were playing the Broncos again in two weeks which is stupid I've been saying this before like with however they're making the schedule now we're running into so many instances of like Chargers two weeks Chargers again it's like why are we playing the Chargers in week 14 and week 17 so that's what we have with Denver I can see especially with this being the home game that Andy's like I have so much confidence in this team just being able to go out and do scrimmage mode that I don't want to put anything on tape because we're going to play this team again at mile high in two weeks and then I will call a competent you know regular normal playbook I, I hope so, Reese. I hope that's the answer. But I have the opposite opinion where I think that we can easily lose in two weeks. Like, I I honestly, I might expect us to lose in two weeks, Reese. I would, I would not be surprised if this 16-game winning streak is snapped in a couple weeks. Um, because if, if, if Andy is that sure that, you know, I can hobble up these plays that we're never going to use again um with this offense with these wide receivers it just doesn't make any sense because we've been talking week after week after week after week that just pat just doesn't seem to have a rapport with these guys doesn't seem to be you know these guys are just not in the right places so reese i'm not very optimistic and i'm a pretty optimistic guy i would say in fact most of my friends think that i'm a pretty nice optimistic guy but recent in a couple weeks i think that's going to change hot take mondo saying it right now we are losing we we are snapping our 16 game win streak in two weeks in mile high against russell wilson and paul blart well okay so i i will say and i kept saying this throughout the you know the game in our group chat quit playing with your food because eventually, you know, you might get the play taken away and you go to bed hungry. I do think Andy towed the line a little bit with how much he was just messing around with some of those play calls. Because like we saw, all it took was one atrocious roughing the passer penalty we can talk about later. 
And then, you know, suddenly that drive was still alive and they scored a touchdown and they got a two-point conversion. So now it's somehow a one-score game that late. And it's like, oh my gosh, can we not have any more chicanery happen in this game? But, like I said, I think Andy had the team set on scrimmage mode, which we've seen in the past against some winnable games like even this season, the Bears. I think we went into that game on what I will call scrimmage mode. And I think the Bears are that bad that even though we were just kind of in scrimmage mode and just going through the motions, we were still putting the points up on them because they're that bad. The Broncos, they want to snap a streak. They, you know, are a division rival. The scrimmage mode won't work as well against them. But it's also like that Rams game last year I talked about where they had that converted wide receiver as their quarterback three. So Andy's like, there's zero offensive threat unless some chicanery happens. I'm just going to mess around with these plays and see what happens. It is pretty funny that we won the Super Bowl that same year. Because I remember you and I talking on the podcast and we're like, there's no way that this team's going to make the playoffs after this game. So, bad. so hopefully you're right. I, I am proved wrong that the guys did, you know, did not put the foot on the gas. They kind of just let it go in neutral. Um, but like pretty good, pretty good stats overall for our guys. Patrick Mahomes, 306 uh, yards with a touchdown. Um, that wild interception, though. Again, Patrick Mahomes. I don't know what's going on there. We can talk about that later. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, 62 yards on the ground, carrying it 16 times. Travis Kelsey, 124 yards. Mm. Beautiful. Uh, Rasheed Rice, 72 yards. So look, like you know, statistically, are the guys that cooked needed to cook? It just seems like the only options that Patrick Mahomes has is Travis Kelsey when everything goes wrong and maybe Isaiah Pacheco on, on a checkdown. Other than that, Reese, it's like Rasheed Rice gets a couple hot streaks, thank God, but everything else, Sky Moore, Jared McKinnon, Kadarius Toney, Marquez Valdez-Scantley, um, Noah Gray even is seeing you know these, these two tight end shells here. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I, I don't know if I can trust any of these guys anymore, Reese. Well, I'll even say it again right there is that, you know, Travis ate him up in the first quarter in the first half. And in the second half, we basically never even looked his way. I think Andy was like, yeah, we got this thing in the bag. I'm not even going to dial up Travis. Travis, don't hurt yourself. Don't do anything dumb. So, I don't know. I don't know. Do you, do you want to talk about the wide receivers a little bit, though? I know you kind of were uh, dipping into that topic just now. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. What do you want to, what do you want to talk about? So... Rasheed Rice, I mean, he looks like he's going to be him, right? Yeah, yeah. Just like I said last week, I, I, I predict that towards the end of the season, before the playoffs, Rasheed Rice is going to solidify himself as wide receiver number one. Um, in the news, in the past three weeks, we haven't seen any rumors of Brett Veach making moves, inquiring about Mike Williams, or sorry, not Mike Williams, yikes, uh, Mike Evans, inquiring about any of these guys that... Um, on the trade market, we have a trade deadline, and I think two weeks is the trade deadline. And we're not hearing a lot of chatter, Reese, so I think that means they're going to go with a guy that's hot right now, that's been hot for five weeks straight, and that's Rasheed Rice. I think Rasheed Rice is wide, wide receiver one, and... Um I don't know if I'm comfortable with that, you know, going into a Super Bowl when you're when, when we might be playing the Philadelphia Eagles, who just signed Julio Jones, who's going to be wide receiver number five for them. I, I know, I know, but but having Julio Jones wide receiver five in a Super Bowl when Rasheed Rice is wide receiver one, little scary, little scary. You know what Julio Jones and my coffee mug have in common? They're both washed. It takes it takes fifteen minutes to cook. They're both washed, dude. It's it's like 
I mean, I, I'm not worried about Julio Jones. Like, he hasn't had a good season since like 2019. Even that's like four years. Four years yeah, is an eternity. Now, here's someone that I've heard some talk the Chiefs could maybe kind of take a flyer on. How would you feel about Darnell Mooney coming in? Yeah, no, I like I, I, I like Darnell Mooney. We talked about him in the group chat today. I think I think if you look at his skill set, he's very talented, very fast, great one on one. But you look at who his quarterbacks have been since he's been in the league, right? Nathan Peterman, <laughs> Justin Fields. Ugh. Um, I, I don't know who else. No, no, no one of note. So I don't think that we've seen. Um, the potential of Darnell Mooney, but if you look at his pre-draft stuff, if you look at you know what w- people had him as, very athletic, very fast, um, can go up to grab the ball, and and we've seen a couple good games from Darnell Mooney, even with like an awful Justin Fields. I mean, we're talking like pre you know striking gold once in a while Justin Fields. We saw some good Darnell Mooney. So sure, I actually haven't heard that rumor, but if you're hearing it, yeah, let's do it. Let's get. Give him a fifth round, sixth round pick for Darnell. Fine with me. I mean, it's something to consider because, you know, I think this is his last year in Chicago. He's going to be a free agent next year. Excuse me. Matt Nagy, you know, was his offensive coordinator. So he knows him. We got a good rapport with Ryan Poles, the Bears GM. You know, he's of each disciple. So it's kind of like, hey. He may not be GM any longer, man. He's he's messing up over there. Come on, Ryan. Dude, show me the Mooney. No, I... uh, Hey, my hiccups are gone. That's good. I coughed. I didn't hey, hiccups. I guess I guess I'm not being fun. we're not being <laughs> funny enough. I gotta gotta talk more about Starbucks. Actually, Starbucks probably made you upset, which is why it's anti funny. Yeah, dude, it's it's latent reflux with Starbucks. No, um, so I, I gotta ask then. So it looks like Rasheed Rice is gonna be probably our most reliable wide receiver going forward. We know Andy has all receivers running full route trees right now, which we've shown is not working. Marquez Valdez Scantling has been less than useful one target one target against the broncos unacceptable although you know i'm, I'm gonna say if people are clamoring for frank clark to be in our ring of honor just because of you know playoff frank or whatever dude you gotta say the same about mvs then because you know oh god do, do we win a super bowl without frank clark both those years it's possible do we win a super bowl last year without mvs showing up in that Bengals game absolutely not no so in my opinion he paid for his contract right there he still needs to play better but uh the big elephant in the room right now, though, is Sky Moore, last year's second-round draft pick. Uh, Rishi Rice has already outdone Sky's career totals in, what is it, six games? Wow. So, Armando, is it too soon? Are we are we kind of creeping the finger towards the bust button here on Sky? No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to give Sky the entire year, personally. Like you said, they keep running the route tree with different wide receivers. I don't know if Sky is comfortable in the position that he's in. Um, I don't know if he, we can even put him in the position we had him in last year. We, like you said, Reese, we were so, maybe not stacked, but we were so much better that we can plug Sky more into this um, into this gadget McCall Hardman, you know, these, these short routes. I think we're just asking him to do too much too soon. 
Um, where I'm okay with Sky just staying in the role that he was in last year. We just can't put him in that role anymore because we don't have a Juju Smith-Schuster. We don't have a good MVS anymore. We don't even have Justin Watson anymore. Justin Watson, um, he's probably out for at least four games now. Um, so hopefully he gets better. Kadarius Tony was so much better last year. So Sky Moore was just able to fit like a puzzle piece last year. And now we're asking him, oh crap, well everyone's out. Okay, Sky Moore, you either have to be wide receiver one now or you have to be a solid wide receiver receiver too, which I don't know if he can do right now. I'm still okay with how he runs routes. I'm okay with his speed. I'm okay with if we can use him as a gadget play. I'm just, we're just not seeing that, right? What, what did he have? He had four targets. He caught two of them. Ugh. Yeah, no, it's it's not good right now for Sky Moore. Uh, I think the problem is, you know, he actually didn't test that well at the combine physically. So it's kind of like, I don't, know, I don't know, it's not Clyde exactly, but it's like, okay, so you have a short but not fast wide receiver and you want to use him on the outside. Am I reading this correctly? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's difficult. Like he should be in the slot, but you know, right now, Rishi Rice looks good in the slot right now. Kadarius Tony looks best out of the slot. It's like we, everyone can't mm-hmm. play in the slot, right? Yeah. I, so, so I'm saying he's not a bust. How about you race? Do you think he's a bust? Um, it's hard to say. I want to believe that they know slash they're going to figure out how to use him and suddenly he's going to blossom into like a five, 600-yard wide receiver for the next few years. Uh, but right now, I'm a little concerned. I think it's the little things he does. I pointed this out last year. Pat had two interceptions and almost one early this year just because Sky doesn't like to come back to the ball when on curl routes. He'll wait for the ball to come to him and someone jumps in front of him. It's like, no, dude, you got watch Kelsey. It's like, if you're on a curl route, you got to run towards the pass still because Pat's going to find you. You can't wait for it to come to you. And you know how many other little things like that are in his game where Pat's like, I don't trust him on these fade routes for whatever reason because, you know, uh, he, he likes to go around the back of the player instead of in the front of the player, those kind of things. So... Uh, he, he's not a bust yet. It's six games into his second year, but I'm going to see a big switch go off in the second half of the season. Yeah, and Reese, you know, kind of like what I said to start off the podcast, this was supposed to be the 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 get him game, right? This is supposed to be the turnaround game. These last six weeks were supposed to be our turnaround. You know, like I said, the strength of schedule has been to our favor. Mm-hmm. Um, with especially with his defenses, but if if Skymore can't cook against the Broncos defense, what makes you think he's going to cook against a Dolphins defense, right? With Vic Fangio, uh, that actually has good players now and a good system and a good team. What makes you think he's going to cook against the Philadelphia Eagles? You know, there's we we have a tough schedule coming up, and the playoffs won't get any easier. And the the barometer of success should be high in these last six weeks, and we're not seeing it, Ray. So. Again, not a bust, but uh, definitely our hopes were maybe a little too high for him. Yeah, that's fair. And it's a good point going into the schedule, too, because the first half of the schedule, we caught some breaks, you know, with like Aaron Rodgers getting busted up, you know, with the Vikings right. underperforming, you know, all those other things going on. But we still got Dolphins, Bills, Bengals. We're not out of the Eagles. We're not out of the woods yet. 
Oh boy, oh boy. I mean, technically, to, uh, next week against the Chargers should be good because their defense is horrid, as we saw when they played against the Cowboys. Um, so we'll. But again, look if he doesn't if he doesn't produce and he hasn't produced against three awful defenses with the Vikings, Broncos, and Chargers. Yikes. We got we to start looking for someone. Reese, this is making me really uh, sad and thirsty, so I think I'm going to grab a beer. Why don't, why don't we do our beer review, and then uh, we'll talk about some good things like the defense and some Grundler's numbers to preview Chiefs Chargers. Stay tuned. It's everyone's favorite time of the podcast. It's This Week in Craft Beer. The segment of the show where we break down a delicious craft beer for your listening pleasure. This week, Armando is back on draft with a delicious beer from an unknown brewery that he's going to tell us about here in just a second. So, Armando, what beer do you have to review for us today? All right. So today, um, I found my new liquor store. Actually, not my um, not from Colorado Springs, where I had that guy that would let me go in the back and have all these crazy beers. That guy. Um, that guy. I forgot his name. <laughs> TG. That guy. Darth. Darth. I don't remember. Wait, really? His name's Darth. It was something weird. That's like <laughs> Vader's first name. It was like Cable. I don't remember. She's just just naming Disney property (laughs) characters at this point. Yeah, I think he went by Deadpool. Or it was like Mike, but with like three eyes in the name. I don't remember. (laughs) Christopher Robin, but he had an umlaut on it. Rest in peace, buddy. I'm sure. I'm sure you're having a good time down there in the Colorado Springs area. Uh, but I found there's a really great liquor store in Fort Collins called Wilbur's, and I I haven't uh, had a chance to go out there. But I know they're good because we used to sell to them all the time, and all the all the sales guys at Wilbur's were like, "Yeah, that's the best liquor store in Fort Collins." Um, yeah, dude, I go there. It is like it's it, it is the Disneyland of beer, man. They have if you think of like Costco. Like the wall of Costco, they just have a wall of like beer fridge. Oh yeah, like Costco length. It's it's just massive. Cheaper. Um, so a lot of great beers. I I just um I have this mini fridge that I got when I went to Des Moines. Um, for those of you that uh, don't know, recent I spent a summer at the Des Moines uh, Metro Opera Festival. Yep. And you have to buy your own fridge, or you have to rent your own fridge. Um, because we live in dorms and like we can't store food. So I just ended up buying a fridge one time. So Logan and I have like four just like mini fridges <laughs> randomly in the house. So like most of them are at school and then I just have like one hanging out here and she was like, should I donate it? I was like, no, I'm going to make a beer fridge. Check you so out. Then, uh, so I have this little like mini beer fridge and uh, got a lot of good stuff. So one of them is coming out of Hot Take Mono's beer fridge and it's going to be Burner Phone. A double hazy IPA from Cerebral Brewing in Denver. Oh, dude, right on. I can't remember. We, we didn't go to Cerebral when I was in Denver, right? I don't I don't think we went to Cerebral, but I think we've had those beers. I've brought them back from Cerebral for you to try. Yeah. I'm sure we've had, like, they don't really have any staples. They, they rotate so much, but I'm sure we've had one of their IPAs. Now, i got to take you. It's it's really small, small microbrew, but, man, the IPAs they make are just, they're all solid. Even their Pilsner is actually pretty good oh gotta love it well burner phone is on the docket tonight while armando cracks it open and pours it into a glass i will let you know how we review beers on this podcast so we have four categories we have flavor aroma appearance mouthfeel and uh with each of those armando's gonna give him a rating from one to ten one being repug 
and 10 being fill the mug. So, Armando, first category is appearance. Describe what we're looking at in this glass here. We got we got a nice thick juice bomb here, Reese. Mm. We got dark dark yellow. Um, a lot of se- well, you can't see the uh, sediment, but I mean, it's just like it is just filled. There's no translucency. It is super thick. It's like you're it's like you're pouring orange juice into a can. Yeah. Um, the head retention is wonderful. I just did a half pour because I don't want to get too messed up right now. But the head <laughs> retention is just wonderful. Um, and I, I I just had a um uh what did I have I had a a triple hopped. IPA right now from um, um, from Vale Brewing. Really, I forget where Vale's out of, but not a triple IPA, but a triple hopped single IPA. Wow, dude, that's pretty sick. So anyway, I'm already feeling pretty good, so I won't go too crazy today. Anyway, appearance is pretty good. Uh, maybe a little too chunky for my liking. I don't like when it's like dark, dark yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it still looks good. So how about uh, how about an eight point seven? All right, good start in the appearance. Good start. Uh, then category number two is aroma. What does that beer smell like? Well, while you describe this, I will look up the hops in it. You got it. Yeah, right off the bat, you get a lot of pineapple. Get some um, vanilla. Normally associated with orange rind, but I actually don't get any tanginess. I don't get any um, like sharp orange rind on this. This is actually predominantly sweet, which you know I'm going to love it then. Yeah, baby. A little bit of orange notes, but yeah, primarily that pineapple and vanilla, some of my favorite smells, in fact, in an IPA. So how about a 9.7? 9.7. Dang, IPA smelling good, baby. Oh, yeah, it's just all sweet. Those of you that listen to thousands of beer reviews I've done, if it's sweet and it's IPA, I'm going to love it. Well, looking into it, it's the usual suspects in these hazy IPAs. You got Galaxy and Mosaic hops. Nice. Yeah, Galaxy, I'm surprised because Galaxy, for me, I normally associate with a little sharper, with a little bit more tangy. Um, and I don't smell that yet. So we'll see if I we'll see if I taste it. Remember when Idaho 7 was like the NFTs of the hop oh. world and was like, this this hop's going to take off. And we like Idaho 7. Don't get us wrong. Yeah, but, it's, it is dank as hell. But it's like it, it didn't take off. What was that? There was this one brewery tornado F5. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Um, they would sell it at Mike's, and I think it's from Oklahoma, but Kansas City would sell this beer, and it was like predominantly um, Idaho 7 hops. I think it was called F5 was the beer, and that's when I was like just getting into like craft craft. Yeah. And I was like, this is the most dankest, amazing thing I've ever had. And I'm sure I would still say it's good. But yeah, dude, rip, rip Idaho hops. The, the fact that Idaho 7. the fact that brewery didn't make like an NIL deal with Boise State for an Idaho 7 beer and call it like <sighs> Boise Stank is beyond me. <laughs> Get good. Only Reese. Only Reese would think of that. All right. Well, uh, if you want to join the... Uh, you know what we should do? We should have our Patreon go towards like an NIL fund for some school, <laughs> but it should be like an obscure school. Like like Vala Parasio or something? I know. They, they play in the Missouri Valley. They're our rivals now, so we can't tell anything. Oh, okay. Them. Never mind. Sorry, like, Rip. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like just, yeah, we'll make, make a joke like 50, lane. 50 cents a month goes to the NIL fund super pack for, yeah, Tulane. <laughs> so anyway. Tulane. To- 
Tulane just gets like a, we just got a three dollar donation from Fountain City Sports Media. Yeah, and uh, you have to call our our fund donation Tulane Too Furious. You have to. <laughs> Reese, Reese is way too quick, man. Freaking Reese. Dude, the hiccups are gone. I can talk again. Okay, so category number three, the one you've been waiting for, flavor. Talk about how this beer tastes. Reese, you've, you've probably talked more on this podcast than you've ever talked before, I think, ironically. It's very possible. Maybe, maybe I have to talk more to get rid of the hiccups. It's the secret to like regulating yeah. my breath support. That's crazy. Crazy, crazy. So remember how I said like I didn't, I did not smell any orange rind, any tanginess, any sharpness. Mm-hmm. This is very sharp. This is very tangy. This is um, very dank, I, and uh, things that I didn't smell at all. Yeah, it's still sweet, still very sweet. But I would say predominantly it's like 60 40, 60 dank, forty percent round body you know sweetness which i didn't get honestly but i really don't mind it i actually think that's good let me do one more okay okay mm, now that my buds aren't as um shocked by the flavor a little more sweet but still very very orange riny um i don't know it's still pretty balanced so how about a how about an 8.5 for flavor but not what not what i was expecting interesting interesting okay well I, I know you've shared some cerebral stuff with me before and i mean they do make some yeah the way you described it is a uh, kind of their calling card it's very interesting stuff i think cerebral just won um at gabf one of the like you know how they have tiers of best breweries mm-hmm. but it's based on like uh barrels i think they won one of the lower tiers um best uh, best brewery so can't say i'm surprised good. they don't miss they don't miss all right. Don't miss, baby. Well, then, uh, mouth feel. You said it was kind of a chunky looking beer. How does it feel in your mouth? You feeling those chunks or is it pretty smooth? Yeah, no, it's pretty heavy. That is that is very chunky. Uh, just like the way it looks, it, it, it looks like a juice bomb and it feels like a juice bomb. Um, not very crisp. I mean, a little bit of Christmas, but again, I can confuse that with the with the dankness that I that I that I uh, taste on the beer. Um, but for the most part, pretty heavy. And again, I think that's okay for a double hazy. Um, Nine point one. That's good. All right, good mouthfeel. Well, the very last question we have is our not so secret category of stonks drinkability quotient, where you get a freestyle on this beer, how this beer makes you feel. Armando, the floor is yours. Well, again, this beer is called Burner Phone, and I don't know why. There's no origin to it. I don't know if this is like a Drake song that they're trying to make fun of, mm-hmm. or. Um, uh, but it's cool. I mean, it looks. They have like SIM cards and everything on this on this picture. Um, for so great can art from Cerebral. They always have pretty good can art, and it's just a really cool brewery. And this is the first time that I get to go to my local liquor store. That has you know really good beer, one of the best liquor stores in America. So it's it's my you know it it, it it's gonna become this this beer episode is gonna become nostalgic for me, Reese. I'm gonna look back at this beer episode in two years and say that was my first trip to Wilbur's. Baby. So you know I'm I'm already anticipating the stonks. Um, I'm I'm investing in these stonks, Reese. Um, where 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 the where the future sales for this is going to be a 10.0 maybe right now it's about a 7.1 but you know what Reese I'm going to invest in these stonks 
10.0 stonks drinkability quotient future stonks dude wilbur stonks can you imagine that like the beer store is carrying this beer for the rating that's how impactful it is <laughs> that was funny yeah no it's really good good uh go to your local local liquor stores they you know try try all these beers it, they 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 need you more than ever actually reese before before we leave maybe just a little shout out i was i was talking to someone that went to the great american beer festival and they said it was some of the lowest rated beer uh, gabf that they've ever seen and even during COVID, even that first year that it was open he said that there were less people attending and he actually um his theory is actually that people are just drinking, you know, those mixed drink cans. Reese, do you have an do you have any comment on that or any opinion on what's going on in the beer world? I mean, if he's saying the the mixed drink like ready to drink cocktails, I, I take umbrage with that just because I don't feel like at least here in Missouri, I don't feel like I see them everywhere in liquor stores the way I do like seltzers even. Plus, I don't think I've had a ready to drink cocktail in a can ever. That I'm like, oh, this can catch on, or this is fire. Like, I would personally have this as my canned drink of choices at a, an event or something like that. Because, like, if I want a margarita, if I want a gin and tonic, if I want an old fashioned, I'm definitely not going to drink a watery one from a can. I'm just going to make it myself. So, I don't know if it's those canned cocktails as opposed to some other factors that could be causing, you know, less attendance. I would say maybe even brewery fatigue at GABF, because my guess is. It's probably the usual suspects every year coming in. So it's like, how many times can you get up for the same thing of going to Denver and getting Uinta and getting Treehouse and getting, uh, you know, Mikuler and all those guys when it's like they were there last year and you went to Denver to see them last year, you know? Yeah, that's a, that, that's a good point. Um, yeah, and, and actually I talked to another person that said that there were a ton of people on Thursday, a ton of people on Friday. Uh, you know, maybe maybe some of these breweries were also tapping out of their beers as well. They they only bring a certain amount of beers to these festivals. They can't, you know, someone from Treehouse just can't keep you know restocking the keg. Um, so yeah, that could be it also. But um, something to keep an eye on. So all of us people listening here, go to your liquor store, try all these craft beers, have a good time, enjoy it because it helps them and it helps us. Um, great. Talking about help, let's talk about. What's really helping the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's our defense, Reese. They are saving our butts in the last six weeks. So why don't we get right into it? Stay tuned, and we'll talk about that defense. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are back from a wonderful beer review. Um, had a great beer from Cerebral Brewing here in Denver. Burner phone. Um, I wanted to make a burner phone. I wanted to make like a Sean Payton on Twitter trolling joke, but I can't really think of anything right now. Um, so I'm just going to go right into the defense. Reese, our defense looks great. Reese, is this fool's gold or is this defense actually elite? And can we stack up when we play a Philadelphia Eagles or Miami Dolphins coming up? Well, I mean, it's, it's tough to say because six games isn't a small sample size. So if we're going to knock the offense for saying it's been six games, we know what you are. On the flip side, we got to gotta say the same thing about the defense. It's, it's six yep. games, we know what you are. And right now, they're playing like a top 10 defense. Now, I'm not going to say like, oh, we have Legion of Boom or the 85 Bears going on here. 
But it's like, no, we've always said, what can Patrick Mahomes do with the top 10 defense? And now we're seeing it. I think best record in the AFC. Best record in the AFC. They're top 10 in a lot of metrics, including total defense. I'm seeing they're ranked number six. Passing defense, they're ranked number six. I think scoring defense, yeah, they're ranked number two, just 0.2 points behind the San Francisco 49ers. So yeah, that's great. I mean, they're standing pretty in a lot of metrics. And I hate using this term. If you watch them, they are also passing the eye test. They're doing a fantastic job swarming the ball carrier, which has been a big problem in the past. I, I just feel like they were always waiting for the ball carrier to come to them and trying to make a tackle. Not the case this mm-hmm. year. Secondary is playing great. Linebacker core looks very competent, better at stuffing the run than in years past. That D-line is still a little suspect, but with Charles Amenahu finally coming off his six-game suspension, Ooh, we get to see what they can do. So... Thank you, Chiefs defense. Without you, I think we've probably dropped one more game this year otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. Let me let me read some Mondo's numbies before we talk about mm-hmm. some Grundler's numblers. Uh, through six weeks, like Reese said, the Chiefs are the number two scoring defense in the NFL with 14.7 points per game. And like he said, only behind San Francisco, who has 14.5 points per game. The Chiefs are the only team in the NFL to hold the opposition under 22 points, Reese. Um, really? And 21 offensive points. Yeah, we're the only team in the NFL to do that. Uh, a few more stats for you. Through six games, the Chiefs defense has have held opposing quarterbacks to fewer than 100 passing yards twice, mm. which is pretty cool. Um, the first time they've held an opponent to fewer than 100 passing yards twice um, since 2011. So that's pretty cool. Uh, then we got another one. Going through the years, Reese, going through the numbers from 2018 to 2023, where we all stack up. Like Reese said, the Chiefs defense in 2018 was all-time bad, giving up 28.7 points. Jeepers. Next year, 24. <laughs> that is so bad. It's Just terrible. It. It's hilarious. <laughs> and there were, there were no uh, 20- 70 bombs on there. There was the 50 bomb, the 50 burger from the Rams, but that was a shootout. Oh that God. wasn't a beatdown. Almost 30 points, poor Pat. Gosh. Oh, that's funny. Sorry, keep uh, going. 2019, 24 points. 2020, 21 points. Uh, 2021 was 28.2 points per game. Uh, last year, twenty our Super Bowl championship year, twenty four point eight points, and then like like we've already said this year, dramatic drop, thirteen point five. And it's not like we're playing, you know, Joe Schmo. We played the Detroit Lions, which I called Reese when we lost to them. I said, yes, this loss is weird, but we're gonna look back at this and see this Detroit Lions team doing better and say, hey, this actually was a quality loss. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Detroit Lions, the best record in the NFC tied with the Eagles and the 49ers they they are someone to reckon with um this uh, also the um the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars another team that I said you know they're not looking so great right now but lo and behold I'm sure they're going to figure it out and they're going to have an identity and we're going to look back at this game and say we do we did pretty well the Jaguars have looked great the past couple weeks um and then obviously the Vikings the Vikings maybe not like a elite offense but JJ absolutely elite right um so i think we've played some quality games we've played some quality teams and this defense is doing well okay so how do you think this defense is gonna look when we play like an upper echelon team like the eagles or the 49ers or we got the bills and the Bengals still on the schedule 
Do you think we'll see similar performances from them? Because that's been one calling card of the Bills we've always said in the past. They're very paper tiger defense. They prey on those crappy teams and hold them to three points a game, and then they allow like 25 plus 30 points or something like that when they play good offenses. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, no reason. I think I, I think we are going to do well, and I think I think it starts with our corners because a lot of times where we give up points, it is in the secondary. It is because AJ Brown is just cooking in the Super Bowl. You know, J- uh, Justin Jefferson cooking against our offense, Mike or defense, Mike Williams cooking against this defense. It all starts in the secondary, Reese, and this secondary is is the best in the NFL. So if it starts there, when we play the Eagles, if we're able to stick on um, A.J. Brown, we're able to stick on Devonta Smith, I, I really think that we can compete with these teams. Now, maybe we're 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 not going to shut them out with 8 points, 12 points, 15 points, but I would say against an Eagles team and against a Dolphins team, I'm going to say right now that we, we probably don't let them score more than 24 points. Oh. I'll say that. I'll say that right now. Hot Tech Mondo. No more than 24 points either team. Wow. That sounds so good. Well, hey, I got to give props to your point on the secondary because that's this is easily the best secondary we've had during the Spags tenure. And I think the biggest difference comes back from our cornerback play, which and we've lauded Trent McDuffie and LeJarrius Sneed in the past. But in years past, when our secondary is playing solid, it's because... Our secondary is playing well. You know, like, oh, uh, Bashad Breland and Charvarius Ward are playing well right now. Whereas mm-hmm. Trent McDuffie and Legarius Sneed are good players. Are good. <laughs> There's a big difference. Right. Trent does not need to be on a hot streak, right? He can have an awful game and he can bounce back the very next game. Absolutely. Exactly. When you rely on guys that are playing well, usually the check comes due at some point. But, you know, McDuffie and Sneed will probably get torched to some juncture. You know, it's just the odds of statistics. But sure. we have two dogs back there in the secondary. Yeah, look, I'm I'm sure that when when we play the Eagles, I'm sure AJ Brown is going to have a highlight play that is going to define the season. I'm sure he's going to, you know, have 114 yards on, you know, in the air um and and score a touchdown. But I I I still think that we win, right? I still think that we shut him to 24 points, right? With with Charles Amenihu coming back, Reese um, I don't really listen so much to Kansas City Radio, but I, I hope that our Kansas City Radio is is talking about this guy and how this is going to vaunt our defensive line. I am so excited for him to come back because Chris Jones is cooking. He's in his element right now. Um, George Karloftis is one of the best in the NFL when it comes to QB pressures, which I just read a couple days ago. Um, having Charles Amenehu there and letting these guys cook, man, I'm so excited. Yeah, dude, we got we got a solid defensive unit, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they play out the rest of the season. We've been saying it Mahomes' whole career. You know, what would Mahomes look like with a top 10 defense? Well, unfortunately, the offense isn't carrying its <laughs> weight, you know, now as, of course, twisted fate would have it. But that, that is that is how the uh, universe works. That's that's just that's the one thing that's got me a little nervous about this team. And what I think, like I said, will keep them from competing for a Super Bowl this year is that. You know, in the past, 
there have been games where, you know, we haven't played well, but we make it through. Right now, it feels like Mahomes is like dragging this offense along. And if Mahomes wasn't doing Mahomes things and as great as he is, we're probably a 500 team or like maybe four and two at this point. Yeah, I think I think what's what's funny now is last year, if the Eagles score thirty five, you and I say there's a there's a good chance Pat can score thirty seven, right? If someone puts up thirty one, you and I say there's a good chance Pat can put up thirty five. Right now, if another team puts up twenty four, are we really confident that Pat can put up twenty seven? Uh, not the way the offense is playing right now. I don't think we've put up twenty seven. Exactly, this year. and that and that's what's scary, Reese. Because when it comes to the playoffs, I mean, look. Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel. Um, even if we look at the Rams, the Rams might make the playoffs. Like look, like Sean McVay, these dudes are going to come in with a really good offensive plan. Um, and no matter how how good our our defense is at, the, is at that point, can we say Patrick Mahomes can put up twenty? I know that's so asinine to say, but it is a question that we got to put up now. And it's so ironic when last year we were like, fine, Eagles want to put up thirty one. Sure, here comes thirty five. I don't know if we can do that anymore, Reese. It's scary. Well, and that stands one of the frustrating things, too, is that, you know, for all we praise Brett Veach, especially on the defensive side of the ball, the dude has a really bad, as in borderline F, track record at picking skill position players. You know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, bust. You know, and looking at some of these wide receivers right now, Rasheed Rice is coming along where I'd like to see him, but Sky Moore, potential bust. McCall Hardman. And also... Yeah. To, to, to say one note about Rasheed Rice and talking about skill players, he's coming along. He's coming along differently than, than we thought he was going to come along to. So I don't know if we can even give Brett Veach credit for it because we thought that, you know, Rasheed Rice, he looks like the guy that's going to be the one on one guy. He's going to be the, you know, the slot guy that's going to, you know, go dart you down the field. No, Rasheed's just playing good football. Like Rasheed's just like, he's finding his spots. He's route running really well. And that wasn't on the scouting report, right? That wasn't the pre draft talk. So mm-hmm. I don't even know if we can credit. Brett Veach for that Reese. Yeah, it is kind of crazy and a little worrying. But what I'm getting to with this, you mentioned the Rams. It's like, guys, I know we're not getting premium picks with these wide receivers. We're not picking, you know, like the third best wide receiver on the board at pick 14. But it's like Puka Nakua is tearing it up, and he's a fifth round wide receiver. Two two Atwell is killing it right now. The Rams got a bunch of nobodies that are killing it. It can't mm-hmm. be that Kyron, hard. Kyron Williams. Yeah, it can't be that hard to find competent NFL wide receivers. We just have uh, when I'll say one thing. It's 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 a tangent, but it's funny. We we just have to go to all these wide receivers and say, "Would you have coffee with Matthew Stafford in the morning?" And if they say yes, we're drafting that guy. Because <laughs> I don't know if you know of of Matthew Stafford's Breakfast Club. Oh, it, it used to be just Cooper Cup, and they would meet. They meet every morning, Reese, and they and they go through the playbook. Well, who's the other player that said, "Can I join your group?" That was Puka Nakua. Um, in the past five years, Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup are the only people that have asked Matthew Stafford for coffee. So we should put that as a as a test uh, when when we start vetting wide receivers. Would you be in the Breakfast Club with Matthew Stafford if you had the chance? And if they say yes, you better draft him, dude. That's a good point. That's a good point. But all right, Reese. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was ahead. just gonna say one last thing. Uh, in Veach's defense, 
it was kind of a hard to read tea leaves draft class of wide receivers this year because I don't know if you've been following Quentin Johnson, who was one of the highest touted receivers of this class. Chargers took him. Do you mean you mean Quentin Midston? Oh my gosh, dude, Mid is generous. I mean, he's got Sky Moore numbers going on right now because you know, yeah. Remember the talk with him coming into the draft was like, oh, this is a big body six four wide receiver who runs a four four, and then after the combine, it came out. It's kind of like, oh. He's actually maybe barely 6'3 and runs a 4'5 and has brick hands. So yeah. glad we didn't pick him up. Yeah, even even Jordan Jordan Addison in the in the wide receiver one role, he did score a touchdown, but wasn't this star that everybody was saying he was going to be to replace JJ. Uh, Zay Flowers is probably the only one right now that is really, you know, coming into his own and showing that um, you know that round one talent, but even Zay Jones, when we did the pre-draft talks, Zay Jones was like the last person people were talking about. He started to pick up some steam right before the draft, but again, not even he wasn't the Jordan Addison that everybody Addison that people thought he was going to be. No, sir. All right, Reese, let's let's finish off the podcast with a Chiefs Chargers preview, and we're going to do it with some Grundler's numbers. Again, we have an analytics department here at Fantasy Sports Media led by our boy Will Grundler, and he has some stats for us, Reese. Um, Mahomes is 7-2 and two against the Chargers, but Mahomes is 2-3 and three following a Thursday night game. I think that's really interesting. Um, we have the guy we've always made fun of because he just hasn't really been cooking, and all of a sudden this year he's cooking. That's Keenan Allen, Reese. He's first overall in the NFL with 9, 9.8 receptions per game. He's fourth overall in yards in the NFL with 108 yards per game. What the heck? Um, he's 11th in touchdowns. Um, but interesting enough, he's just 36th in catch perception in catch percentage. Um, so Reese, how do you feel about this game? Are you scared about our our old friend Keenan Allen? And when I say old, I mean old. Uh, I was gonna say when you said he was 36, I'm like, yeah, he's 36. I believe it. No, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Keenan Allen's never really killed us. Mike Williams has always been the Chiefs' killer. Uh, I, I don't know if this means that Quentin Johnston is now going to like evolve and become the new Chiefs killer because t- because um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, right now with the way we're playing, I you know would love to have him on our team right now. But you know, it's I, I've never been too afraid of him. Keenan Allen is what he is, which is just kind of like a beefier, slower, rushy Rice. So. I don't know. What do you think of him? Uh, Keenan, no, I, I like Keenan Allen. I think I think in this system now that Mike Mike Williams is not there, I think his target share has increased as well. And because his target share has increased, we're seeing a lot of great things from Keenan Allen. Um, a person to note that I don't know if you've looked at him, but Joshua Palmer is really mm. solidifying himself as wide receiver too in that Chargers offense. So I'm actually more worried about Joshua Palmer taking over Mike Williams' role. Now he's not as tall, he's not as fast, he's not as one on one like Mike Williams was. Um, but he can definitely wreak some havoc. I even think Joshua um, Joshua Palmer did score a touchdown last year against us uh, when when we played the Chargers. So look for him actually to have a good game if we focus a lot of our attention on Keenan Allen. And of course, uh, Austin Eckler's back too. It's not the Joshua Kelly show anymore on, under center. It is Austin Eckler. Um, so it could be a, look every chart. I don't care if the Chargers are zero six and they. 
you know, it, it's the Chargers. It's the Chargers. They're playing the Chiefs. You know Justin Herbert is going to bring his A game. He always does. I don't care if he has four, you know, interceptions against the Raiders or, you know, has an awful game. Who cares? You know, when they come to play the Chiefs, they play their A game. Um, so I think it's going to be a tough game, as it always is against the Chargers, especially after last week. If if, if, if we can't cook against the worst defense in NFL history, um, then I don't know if we're going to cook against the Chargers. So how about a barn burner? How about 20? 24 to 21 Chiefs. You know, I, I was about to pick the Chargers for this game prior to the Cowboys game this last week because Dallas isn't good either. Like, I don't care what the right. metrics say. They're not them boys. But, you know, like you said, Chargers always bring their A game against us. Staley might be coaching for his job because a Chiefs W or two this season would go a long way in trying to oh, solidify yeah. saving his position. Um, but man, Justin Herbert's so weird. I expect him to convert like no fewer than three third and 12 or longers because that's just his prerogative. He's a big, tall guy with a big old howitzer for an arm. Uh, but you know, with Mike Williams being out, it's, it's tough to say. I, I think 24, 21 kind of sounds about right for this game. So I'm going to, I'm going to back you on that one. All right, 24-21 should be a great game, though, Reese, as it always is against the the Chargers. Um, and now they have their favorite. Have you seen their their new fan, their their new super fan? Oof, super fan that, gate. That is questionably a Viking. Uh, yeah, questionably a Vikings fan. Yeah, that's a, you know, the optimist to me saw when she first was on TV. And I'm like, oh, that's so, like, sweet that this fan's just, like, so into this game. And then they kept cutting back to her, and I'm like, Okay, I bet someone of the producers like, hey, keep finding that one fan. They're like really good for TV right now. She's trending on X. But then, like you said, the fact that it was a Tom Pelissero came out and he's like, no, this is 100% a real fan who rents box tickets at the Cabana Club in SoFi on the southeast corner of the stadium every year. Here's her blood type and where she lives and her fingerprints to prove that she is totally real. And I'm like, okay, cool, Tom, but no one was okay, asking. wait a minute. <laughs> Also, she was. Oh, go ahead. Uh, doesn't Tom Pelissero also work for the NFL? I did. Uh, honestly, I thought Tom Pelissero was just a troll on on X, just trying to like outdo um, Warren Snap, Warren, <laughs> Warren, whatever on on X. Let me see Tom Pelissero. I'm curious now. Uh, uh, this, is, this is becoming a deep dive on Tom Pelissero and the podcast is great. Yeah, dude. He's a uh, American journalist who currently works as an American football reporter for NFL Network. So, yeah, he works for the league. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I've said it, I said in the group chat. I'll keep saying it here. Move the Chargers to San Diego. Uh, not San Diego. Yeah, sure, San Diego. Move the Chargers to St. Louis, dude. There, there's no need for two LA teams right now, let alone one of them being the Chargers. That's true. That's true. But hey, SoFi Stadium looks so good. Um, also, the uh, the uh, Chargers changed their profile picture on X to her going like with her hands in her in her face. It's pretty funny. Charles, I, I will say, Chargers social media team is undefeated. They have a great great team over there, and the only good thing about the Chargers, Chargers social media team is like the Eminem of freestyle rapping, where it's like nobody challenges Eminem. It's like nobody picks a fight with the with the Chargers social media team. No one picks picks a fight with them, and no one picks a fight with Found City Sports Media. 
Is that is that right, Reese? Yeah, my record. Uh, I'm currently undefeated against LeBron James. Uh, maybe because we haven't actually fought, but I still have not lost LeBron James in a fight. But we can change that if you donate a thousand dollars on Patreon, or just or just give it, just drop us some money. We're doing, you know, we would we would definitely uh, would like some more support, and I'm sure we can find some fun things to do to keep you entertained. We hope we keep you entertained every week as we try to. We always try to grind, and next week's going to be a great game, and we're going to have a lot of great content for you after that game so stay tuned have fun follow us on social media uh follow the the los angeles chargers and see what shenanigans they're up to after this week and go chiefs we'd like to thank you for joining us today on fountain city sports media this podcast is brought to you by listener support so consider becoming a friend of the podcast Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, things on in the beer industry. Special thanks to fans Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always... I'm Reese, and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media.